Back with the Employment Hour, one 821 5900 Anytime you need to get a hold of Lior, help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't caught it on either Global TV or CTV, you'll catch Employment Hour in 30 on your weekend mornings, a TV version of what we do here and have done here for the last five-plus years, and that is inform people about their uh, their job rights, their legal rights when it comes to severance, their employment, their boss, and HR, and getting fired and getting hired and all those things we covered all here on the show each week. And we'll continue to do so. We'll get into depth with the severance pay calculator. This is the one stop you need to make if you're checking out how much severance you should be getting, the proper amount, your full entitlements, what it should be. Again, we'll talk about that a little later on as we uh, as we roll on here with another edition of the show, brother. Week that was is where we start. What's going on? Well, actually, I can say, John, that officially this past Monday was officially the, the busiest day we've ever had wow. at the firm. In terms of uh, people calling us and contacting us, it, it was just crazy. You know, we, you and I do a lot of stuff on the weekends, you know, our, our TV shows, our radio shows. So a lot of people, we reach a lot of people and they, they call then with questions that they have, something that we say on this show triggered questions or issues that they've experienced in the workplace and, and people want to know what that means. And, and that's so good. That's so terrific. That's exactly why we're here uh, every time uh, talking about the employment law and workplace rights. So don't hesitate. There's really no reason for for, not to reach out to me if you have questions or problems. And sometimes you don't understand the extent of your legal rights until you actually contact me. Some people contact me thinking that there is a small vacation pay issue, not realizing that it could be owed 12 months of severance. Right. So so don't hesitate. Don't be bashful. You have a problem at work. Something happened. Uh, you don't know what your rights are. Call me. Listen to the show. We'll give you a lot of ways to to reach out and have those questions answered. And as John said, we always start with the week that was. Couple situations that uh, I think uh, bear discussing here on the show. First one involved the lady that uh, uh, contacted me, and because she had uh, she had received some some unfortunate news from her employer. She had worked at a resort in northern Ontario for about uh, seven years. And it's a seasonal resort, so she'd always work there in the spring and summer and, and a bit in the fall and then be off in the uh, in the winter. She would essentially be managing that, that resort for the owner. Uh, and she'd been doing that for seven years. Things were fine, and she was gearing up to come back uh, this spring, but she received notification from the owner that they decided to go somewhere else. I actually think the owner decided to hire a family member to run the place, and she said, well, we're not going to bring you back this year. And the way the company was looking at it, the resort was looking at it, is because they're not bringing her back, it's really not the situation where they're terminating her. They're just deciding not to bring her back so they don't owe her anything. And she wanted to know, well, is that right? Do they actually owe me something? I've I've been there for seven seasons now, seven years. This year they're saying I'm not coming. Uh, Is that it or do they owe me something? Well, the interesting part about this is even though this was a seasonal job and even though uh, she didn't work for a few months every year. This was still a regular mm-hmm. job. Uh, you know, very much like, you know, a teacher may not work in the summer months, but they still have a regular right. job Good for call. the other 10 months of the year. Well, same thing with her. She had a seasonal job. She worked a few months uh, of the year uh, and, you know, she could set her watch to it. She knew when she'd be starting, when she'd be done and when she'd be coming back to next year. So what happened when the company decided not to bring her back this year? Well, they've terminated her employment. That's a regular termination, just like any other termination. 
And that means that now that they've terminated her employment, they owe her severance. Uh, and the fact that they owe her severance is, is not in dispute here. After seven years, this particular lady, she ran a resort. She's in her uh, uh, 40s, I think late 40s. She'd be owed right around nine months of pay. So that's what's at stake for her, nine months of pay. And I wanted to bring this up because a lot of people have seasonal jobs or, or jobs that are, are dependent on the time of year. Uh, they don't work year-round. I want you to understand that if you have a regular job, even if it's not year-round, and you lose that job, you still get severance. The company can't just say, well, it's just we didn't have to bring you back. No, if you have a regular job, you come back every year, and this year they decided not to, you get severance, you get full severance based on your age, position, and length of employment. And please don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Contact, by the way, anytime, one 821 5900 We'll put you in touch with uh, Lior or a member of his crew. What else you got going on? Well, the other matter I'll talk about is actually not one of my matters, but it's something that uh, I think a lot of us may have heard about in the news recently. Uh, and, and you and I discussed this briefly as well, and that is the fact that uh, Tim Hortons yep. has decided to move their head office uh, from Oakville to downtown Toronto. Now, uh, for those of you that are not familiar uh, with locations, uh, you know, that's about 40 kilometers away. Uh, they went from uh, Oakville into downtown Toronto and, you know, nicer facility, bigger building, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they're, they're very excited about that as, mm-hmm. as they should be. But the question becomes, you know, there's going to be hundreds of employees here that are going to be impacted. They're going to have to commute that extra 40 kilometers. And what does that mean for them? Do they have rights? Do they have to do it? Can they say no? And if they say no, what does that uh, actually mean? Well, here's the thing, John. Uh, this is a situation, the fact that they've been moved and are going to have to commute uh, that extra 40 kilometers can absolutely be a constructive dismissal. It's a significant change to the, to the terms of employment. Now, for some people... This may not be a constructive dismissal. If you already live in Toronto and you were commuting to Oakville, now you're going to have to uh, work closer to home. That's a good thing. It's a bonus, that's, yeah. That's a bonus. Yeah. That's a change in the terms of employment, but it's a good change. It's a positive change. But if now it, you're going to, if you were living, uh, leaving, uh, sorry, living west of the city and Oakville is west of Toronto, and now you're going to, instead of commuting 10 minutes, you're going to have to commute an hour to, uh, to work mm-hmm. every day. Well, wait a second. Now it becomes a real problem. Now it's impacting you in a negative way. So what does that mean? For those people that are going to be impacted by this Tim Hortons move in a negative way, they may be able to treat their employment as being terminated and say, Tim Hortons, I'm happy for you for uh, making this big change. But for me, this impacts me in a negative way. I'm not going to accept this change. And I'm going to treat that as a termination and make you pay me my severance. So again, it comes down to how does this impact you? Does this mean that you're going to be uh, commuting a lot more? How much more? Uh, how many hours a day is it going to add to your day or to your work, work week, uh, etc.? That's what's important here. And for some people, this could be a massive change. Now, what I do want everyone to, to if you're one of those Tim Hortons folks, please do not quit. Do not tell your employer not moving until you've spoken to me first because we want to make sure we do this right. But there's an important lesson there for those Tim Hortons employees as well as for anyone who may find that their employer has relocated. You may have recourse. You may be able to say, no, this is too much. This is a big deal for me. And I'm going to treat this as a constructive dismissal. You know, it's not only a long commute moving forward, it's also a long commute on the QEW, which is just, an, I mean, you'd rather drive to Belfast, Ireland than drive from Oakville to Toronto in the QE in a busy time. It's just going to be brutal. I also heard that they're keeping uh, Tim's university 
in Oakville. So if you got to go back and forth for whatever reason, now the main hub has moved to Toronto, but the university, the teaching facility stays in Oakville. So this could just be a hot mess, right? Absolutely. Now, if you're one of those people that's going to have to commute back and forth instead of just going to one place, well, that's going to impact you even more, right. even more of an argument that's a constructive dismissal. So a lot of people think about, about the distance. Well, is 40 kilometers enough, 20, 70? No, it's not about the kilometers. It's about how it impacts you in your individual situation. The more it impacts you, the more it is a constructive dismissal. The less it impacts you, then it's not. So if you're not sure what does this mean for you individually and you're listening to us and you're going to be impacted by this move, just give me a call. one 821 5900 is that number. Help at employmenthour.com. The major mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. It's a mouthful, but we'll break it all down and get into that after a short break. It's the Employment Hour right here at Global News Radio. one 821 5900 is the number. Help at employmenthour.com and severancepaycalculator.com. Before I get into some our topic for the uh, the day, Brother, and some emails. I mentioned it. I want to get into it right away. That is the Severance Pay Calculator. SeverancePayCalculator.com, John, is is such an easy, accurate, and just very convenient way to find out what you're owed if you lost your job. I talked at the beginning of the show about uh, the the lady that was let go from the resort after seven years. Well, if she or anyone like her in her situation wanted to know how much they're owed, it's very simple. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Again, SeverancePayCalculator.com. You answer three questions and you find out what you wrote. And remember, always it's anonymous. It's free. There's no strings attached. You don't have to put in your name, the company's name. Uh, it doesn't get sent anywhere just for your information. So use it. Check it out. And of course, if you're talking to your sister and she tells you that uh, she got a letter of termination, she just lost her job, please, please tell her and anyone like her to go to severancepaycalculator.com. The reason why it's so important is people accept inadequate severance all the time because they don't know how much they're owed. That's why the calculator is so important. So check it out. Major mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. That is the header for today's show. It's a lengthy list, but we'll uh, we'll chop our way through here. First one, and I noticed you put the biggest one right at the top, which was smart, and that is contact the Ministry of Labor for advice. So every day, John, I talk to people that uh, have workplace problems, and sometimes, every once in a while, before they call me, they would have done something mm-hmm. uh, or, 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 or try to do something, and then I, I kind of shake my head in frustration because whatever it is that they did compromised their rights, made it more difficult to pursue their rights. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a few scenarios that people need to stay away from because if you have a workplace problem, that's not the way to resolve it. So we'll talk about the right way and the wrong way to resolve issues. And one of the ways that people compromise their legal rights when they have a workplace issue is they go to the Ministry of Labor. Now, we'll talk more about the Ministry of Labor in, in, in detail later on in the show. But I want people to understand that one of the biggest things you could do, especially if you lose your job or if you have a constructive dismissal issue, so one of the worst things you could do is contact the Ministry of Labor. Now, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And the reason why that's a fact is because the Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. So you may find out what your minimum entitlements are, not realizing that you have greater entitlements. And also, you may then be prevented from pursuing your full entitlements. So you can go to Ministry of Labor for other things. We'll talk about that later on the show. If you lost your job, you have to get legal advice, whether it's from me or another employment lawyer. But you cannot, should not, under any circumstances, go to the Ministry of Labor. It's the sure uh, fire way of compromising your legal rights. one 821 5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior and the firm help at employmenthour.com. Compromising your legal rights. There's a, there's a number of ways you can do this. We're getting through these. 
Um, and it's, this is really, I think, the reason five, almost six years ago, you started this show and you you, you were getting employment advice from a, from a golf website or a golf thread. It's like, you're like, what, what is going on here? So getting advice from sources that are not reliable, massive, massive mistake. Yeah, people like to talk about workplace issues, and that's fine. And then, you know, you can talk and commiserate, etc. But if you have a real problem, you cannot get advice and rely on advice unless you know the source of that advice. And I've seen people on, on message boards, various message boards, uh, and, and you know, there's there's even, by the way, a message board d- dedicated to radio issues. And on and th- and that message board, I've seen people try to get... Uh, legal advice about their workplace rights. You can't do that. You're not going to go to a message board to get legal advice uh, if you have a medical issue. Uh, you know, should I be concerned about uh, my uh, th- that growth on my back? No, you're not going to do that. You're going to go see a doctor. By the same token, if you have a legal issue, you have to speak with a legal professional. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. You don't like me, speak to someone else. That's fine. But you have to speak to someone because if you're going to get advice from someone that doesn't know the law, doesn't know what they're doing, they're not a legal professional, no. well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to rely on that advice and then realize, wait a second, now I'm stuck. Now it's too late. I've seen people accept inadequate package because their friend, Bob, who used to be a manager, told them that that's a good offer. And they realized later that they were owed another $50,000. So don't let that happen to you. Uh, we make it easy. That's why we're here on the show, to give you that reputable advice. That's why the severance calculator is there. That's why uh, we have terminationquestions.com. That's why you can call me or email me so that you have access to that information. You cannot, should not get advice from your Uncle Bob, from a message board, from anywhere that's not reliable. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the place you want to go to find out what your severance should be, the proper amount. It takes about 30 seconds to go through it. Walk away anonymous or there's a contact button at the bottom to get a hold of Lior and the firm. Or if you're an employer, there's an employer mode as well. 1-855-821-5900. Lots more Employment Hour coming up. This is Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900. That is the phone number to keep with you. Help at employmenthour.com. We are talking about uh, compromising legal rights. Some of the biggest mistakes that folks make out there. It's not on purpose. They just don't know. That's why we're putting this information out there today. Here's another one as well. This is uh, signing employment agreements without knowing what they are signing. This one is one of those ones where at the back end, way, way down the road, two, three, five, 25 years later, this one turns around and bites you right in the rear end, right? Probably the best thing you can do as an employee, the smartest thing is negotiate proper terms uh, to an employment agreement. If you've done a good job with those uh, issues, you, you'll probably never have a problem in uh, with your work, or at least you'll have an easy time of enforcing your rights. So most people, when they accept a job, they pay attention to a few things, what your salary is, what your vacation is, you know, do I get a bonus? And, and obviously, that's natural, and that's... Uh, those things are important. I'm not trying to say that they're not, but there's other things that are important and which people don't pay attention to until it's too late. An example you, you've touched on this is something that uh, may limit your severance in the future. So you may have signed an agreement when you started today that 10 years from now, when the company lets you go, is going to cost you $100,000. Why? Because it says that instead of giving you the 12 months of severance that we would have had to give you, we'll give you uh, six weeks of severance or yeah. eight weeks of severance. And then guess what? Now you've lost potentially a year's worth of income or more. There could be terms on an agreement that allow the company to change your job, uh, to reduce your pay, to demote you. And then the job you have is not the job that you're going to have. There could be terms that limit your ability to find another job, a non-competition obligation. So there's a lot of terms on an employment agreement that could be very problematic 
over and above, you know, what is the salary and how much vacation. So you have to pay attention to those things. The easiest, one of the easiest ways to compromise your rights is to give them away in an employment agreement. You know, employer, I'm good. I don't need severance in the future. Here's my employment agreement saying you don't have to pay me severance or you only have to pay me pennies on the dollar. Don't let that happen to you. You're better off uh, in some situations not accepting a job than accepting a job with terrible terms. Negotiate those. Understand what they are. Call me if you don't understand what, what the employment agreement means. And if you have an opportunity to start a job on a handshake, that's much better. Less is more. That's what you always say. You want the one-pager, not the 35-pager, right? Exactly. Take the one-pager, take the handshake agreement. Be very concerned if you have a 20-page agreement because I promise you in that 20 pages, there are going to be a lot of terms that are going to be negative to you. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com as well. Talking about the major legal compromises you'll uh, you'll go through in your job career. We're, uh, we're clearing those up uh, this afternoon in the show. Uh, people believing that they're an independent contractor. This one is massive. A lot of people are <laughs> under, that, uh, under that belief, right? You know, they're all massive. All these things uh, yeah. can compromise your legal entitlements. And if you believe you're an independent contractor and you're not, then by definition, you're giving away your rights. Because if you're not an independent contractor, really, then you're going to give away the overtime you're owed, the vacation pay, and you will give away the severance that you're going to have to get if the position comes to an end. Because you'll think, well, I don't get severance because I'm independent, an independent contractor. So remember, uh, an independent contractor is someone that's in business for himself or herself. An independent contractor does not have a regular job. An independent contractor does not generally work from the company's offices. An independent contractor does not work for five years. So if you have a regular job for a period of time working for the company and under the company, you are an employee. The law decides that. You don't get to decide. The company doesn't get to decide. I don't get to decide. The law takes care of that for us, and the law says you are an employee. So don't assume anything. If you're an independent contractor, you know for a fact that you are. Not because the way you're taxed, because you're in business. You're a business person. You have clients. You're trying to generate more clients. You're advertising. You're marketing. If you don't do any of that, you're just working. You have a job. You are an employee. And if you assume and believe otherwise then by definition, you've compromised your legal rights. You know, we often say that if it was just that simple, then every company in the world, all the way from the mom and pop shop to, you know, Walmart, would just hire independent contractors because they'd be uh, they'd be able to duck out of severance. Absolutely. Uh, and duck out of many things, by uh, the way. You don't have to pay overtime, minimum wage, vacation pay. You know, the government of Ontario recently changed minimum wage, and they're going to change it up to $15 an hour. Hey, let's not worry about that. Let's just call people independent contractors, and then we can pay them $5 an hour. Well, obviously, you can't do that because the law is smarter than that. Uh, if you're an employee, if you look like an employee and you act like an employee, you are an employee. doesn't matter what you call yourself. doesn't matter who's withholding taxes. Uh, you know, again, substance over form. The big mistakes people make, individuals make that compromise their legal rights. That's what we're talking about in this one, signing a severance offer without understanding exactly what they're owed. And I take it back to severance pay calculator. Yeah, and, and you know that is probably the genesis of the show because yeah. every day I'd speak to people who didn't know what they wrote if they lost uh, the, if they lost their job, or worse, 
accepted a lot less than their owed because they didn't know any better. So that is obviously a, a major, major, major and costly way of compromising your rights by accepting a severance offer uh, without knowing what you're actually owed. Uh, again, so you go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out. If you don't, if you don't get advice, you may uh, get some misinformation. You may believe or have some misconceptions that you only get a week's pay per year of service or two weeks pay per year of service, which is completely wrong, of course. And, and then you'll accept that severance offer. And the way you compromise your legal rights is a severance offer comes with uh, something called a release. Effectively, it says that once you've accepted that severance offer, doesn't matter how bad it is, you've given up the right to change your mind. You've given up the right to say, wait a second, you owe me more. You've given up your rights. So every day I speak with people that contact me when they realize they wrote a lot more severance, but they signed that severance letter not knowing any better. And they want me to get them out of it. And unfortunately, I can't. I can't get you out of a severance offer that you've accepted. I can't get you out of a release that you've signed. If you've done that, you've compromised your rights. So please, please, please don't do that. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Call me. Again, speak to another employment lawyer if you need to. But please don't ever accept a severance offer without getting advice. Your family needs that money. You're legally owed that money. So don't accept less than that. one 821 5900 is that number. Help at employmenthour.com. More of it coming up. Talking about major mistakes that individuals make to compromise their legal rights here on the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll bounce over to a couple emails before we... Uh, Wrap up for today's show. We are talking about the major mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. The uh, the list continues. This one as well. Waiting too long to do something about changes that happened with a term of employment. Obviously, that that is a, a big deal, and that's exactly how you compromise those rights. And the way you compromise those rights is if your employer changes the terms of your employment, uh, they reduce your pay, they relocate you, they demote you, they change the terms. If if you don't do anything about it and you continue working. And after a while, you say, you know what? Now I realize that was a mistake. I, I want to do something about it. Then you're stuck. You're considered to have accepted it. If you continue working when the company changed the terms of employment, that's like saying, I accept it and I agree. And once you've accepted, you can't go back. And now you're stuck. So now this new salary or this uh, reduced uh, responsibility or this relocation becomes the new reality and you can't do anything about it. And not only that, you've potentially given the company the right to do it again. So it's a terrible, terrible situation, and definitely a way to compromise your rights. So you have a very small window to pursue a, a change to the terms of your employment, to pursue a constructive dismissal. If the company changes the terms, yeah, can you try it out for a while? You can. It's a very short window within a couple of weeks, usually, or a few weeks. And if you go beyond that, you've accepted it. And so you may have to quit and say, uh, this is a constructive dismissal. Of course, don't quit without talking to me first. Yeah. But remember, the time is not on your side if you are now faced, facing a change to the terms of your employment. Compromising your legal rights, here's another way that you can do, and that is by uh, allow employees to lay off temporarily. We don't like that. No. Uh, I, I, this actually comes back to what I said before, change the terms of employment. Mm -hmm. If your employer lays you off temporarily, that's actually not something they're allowed to do. But if you let them do it or if you don't do anything about it, it's like saying, yes, I'm fine with that. I've accepted it. So remember, a lot of people get this wrong. Employers, employees get this wrong. People believe that you can be laid off temporarily. You cannot. You cannot be laid off temporarily in the sense that that is a termination which means you get severance. 
unless you signed an agreement or there's, of course, a past history of doing it. So you you want to do something about it right away. You may want to just treat your employment as being terminated and get severance. If you don't, what you've done there is you've given up the rights to pursue it and you've given the company the right to do it again. So if you let them get away with the uh, layoff the first time, then the second time they do it, and the third and the fourth and the fifth, you can't do anything about it. You're stuck. So then essentially you may find yourself working for a few months, being laid off for a few months, and, and back and forth and back and forth. That's not a way to work for most of us. So because of that, if your company is going to start trying to lay you off temporarily, you may be best off to say, no, I am not going to accept this. I'm going to get my severance and move on to a job that doesn't do that. We've heard plenty of phone calls and emails about people you know, receiving unfair performance reviews and being silent about it. That is another way. That's another way to compromise your legal rights, is it not? Oftentimes, John, when you get a negative performance review or you're put on a performance improvement plan, that is part of a process that the company is engaged in to try to let you go for cause. It's a step in that process. So what happens if you are silent, if you get a negative performance review and don't agree with it, or you're put on a performance improvement plan and you don't agree with it, but you don't say anything about it, you're silent. Again, silence is acceptance. So what you've done there is you've made it easier for them to let you go for cause. And again, a way to compromise your rights. So how do you not compromise your rights? Well, it's simple. You just say you don't agree with it and you explain why. If you're getting a bad performance review and you don't think it's right, you don't think it's fair, say so and say so in writing and be as detailed as you can be and as fair as you can be. You don't have to be aggressive or you don't have to be uh, you know, confrontational. But say, here's what you said happened. Here's what actually happened. Here's why I don't agree. And that's fine. If you do that, you preserve your ability to say that that's not right, that that's not something that they can rely on. Uh, if they want to let you go for cause. So if the company wants to get rid of you, don't make it easier on them. We're talking about the major mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights uh, in the workplace and in their working careers. This last one, a little bit, people would probably not off the top realize they've done it with this one, but that's why I saved it to last. And that is they don't stay in touch with their employer when they're on a medical leave. Yes. And, you know, obviously if you're on a medical leave, you're off work, you're probably are concerned about many things, including getting better and, and, you know, taking care of your family. And I understand that. But you cannot forget about your employer. Uh, if you're off on a medical leave, I'm not talking about, you know, a few days, etc. I'm talking about if you're off on an extended leave on long-term disability, you have to be in touch with your employer. You have to keep them updated. You have to let them know that you're, you're, you're still off, you're still getting treatment, you're working on getting better, you're hoping at some point to return be in touch with them. It's Sometimes it's enough to just send them an email every once in a while. If the company wants something from a doctor, you can provide that as well. The reason why it's important to do that is if you, you don't stay in touch with the company, if you kind of just disappear into oblivion, at some point, the company may be able to say that you've abandoned your job. They have no reason to think you're ever coming back. And that's, again, that's a way to compromise your entitlements and your rights. So if you want to maintain your status as an employee, and, and I think you should want that, Stay in touch with your employer. I'm not saying every day. I'm not even saying every week. But every once in a while, send them a note. Remind them you're still there. Maybe give them something from a doctor saying you're still getting treatment. Uh, give them an update. You don't have to tell them what your medical condition is, but stay in touch with your employer so that they can't say that you've abandoned your job. 
If you have not checked it out yet, find out what your severance should be, severancepaycalculator.com. The phone number is 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com as well. That is the way to contact Lee or get a hold of uh, of him or another member of the team to help you out as you move forward in the workplace. We're going to get into some chatting about the Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor strikes again. That's what we're calling it that. And your emails after we take a short break here, the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Help at employmenthour.com is the email. Uh, Boris writes in, sent us one just as we got on the air here, said, uh, I asked for a pay raise because I had not received one in years. When my boss said, no, I resigned. I left. Hour later, I thought, oh boy, that's not good. I called my boss and told him that I don't want to resign and I want to come back to work. He said that the company, no, we've already accepted your resignation. Out you go. So uh, can I do anything? Yeah, well, Boris, uh, I, I, I'm glad that you did what you did. And let me explain. First of all, let's start with the idea that a company does not legally have to provide a pay raise. Uh, you know, obviously, we all think that we deserve more money, and that's fine. But as long as a company is paying either minimum wage or what your employment agreement says, then they don't have to pay you more, even if you've earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they refuse to pay more, they're allowed to. Now, in this situation, it seems like Boris was upset. I understand why he would be. Uh, and he resigned in the heat of the moment. Well, he did the right thing. He realized a short time afterwards that uh, that he he, sh- he didn't mean it. He was just yeah. kind of being a a bit uh, you know emotional. So he resigned and he told his company that he wants to come back. Well, the problem is this: once the company knows that he resigned in the heat of the moment, if they refuse to take him back, it becomes a termination. If the company can't just hold you to something that you say in the heat of the moment like that when you don't really mean it, especially when they're being told later that that's what happened. So in this situation, even though Boris is the one that resigned, arguably now he's been terminated. He gets severance. So that's important. If you resign in the heat of the moment, please tell the company as soon as possible that that's what happened and ask them to come back to work. If they refuse... In many cases, that could be considered a termination, which means you get your severance. Now, you said as soon as you can. What kind of window do you have? You know, good question. I would say probably within a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, you have a couple of days to say it's a heat of the moment. Anything beyond that is not going to be very credible. Uh, you know, if a month later you say, oh, that was a heat of the moment a month ago, yeah, no, that's not going to work. A couple of days, two, maybe even three days, not longer than that. The Ministry of Labor strikes again. Let's talk about some of these points. Uh, you know, we talk quite a bit a lot about the past, how the Ministry of Labor, they're, they're straight up misleading people. Remind us of what people should understand about the ministry. Well, you know, I, 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 I come down hard on the Ministry of Labor, but I, I think they deserve it. And this is not a liberal versus conservative no. thing. These issues have existed for years, even when we had the conservative governments here in the province. So, so I want to make it clear, this is not a political uh, discussion here. Now, the Ministry of Labor sees itself as having a job which is only to advise and enforce people's minimum entitlements. Now, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But when it comes to certain things, for example, termination of employment, people have entitlements that go beyond those minimums. So the problem is you're calling the Ministry of Labor, asking them to help you to solve a problem that they cannot solve. They cannot get you your full entitlements because that's not their job. They can only help you with respect to your minimum entitlements. So understand that the Ministry of Labor has a specific role. That's why you cannot and should not go to the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job. You're asking them to do something that they cannot do. Now, the unfortunate part is what they don't tell you is that they can't do it. They'll tell you about your minimum entitlements. They won't say anything about your full entitlements. And if you don't know any better, you're not going to realize you have other entitlements 
And that's the issue here. That's where I think the ministry does mislead people directly or indirectly by not telling them that they have other entitlements when it comes to losing your job. And most people that contact the Ministry of Labor are not going to know that on their own. And that's a huge problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of Lior and the firm. Some uh, some examples, a couple anyway, that the uh, advice that the Ministry of Labor gives that's wrong or at least misleading, right? Well, I I was involved in a couple of cases some years ago when I actually uh, took legal action against the Ministry of Labor on behalf of two employees. So these two employees uh, worked at a in a plant here in, in Ontario, and the plant was closing. And them, as well as everyone else, got eight weeks notice of that closure. Mm-hmm. Not, not No other severance, just eight weeks notice. It was a small plant, you know, about 20 or 25 employees, nothing big. And they contacted the Ministry of Labor. And they asked the Ministry of Labor, okay, you know, we just lost our job. They gave us eight weeks notice. The Ministry of Labor told them unequivocally, yeah, that's all you're owed, eight weeks. And by the way, these were long service employees one of them, the gentleman, worked for 25 years. Oh, my God. The, the other person, the employee, worked for about 16. Uh, and so long service employees. And by the way, there were others, uh, which I never spoke to. I just spoke to these two employees. So not knowing any better, they moved on and, and didn't do anything. Fast forward uh, about a year or so later, company's long gone, no company, it's, it's, it's evaporated. Uh, and these people hear me on the radio. And they say, wait a second, I understand now that we were owed more. And in fact, yes, they were owed a lot more. The one gentleman was owed about 18 months of severance. The other lady was owed about 12 months of severance. And they didn't pursue it when they could have because of the advice they got from the Ministry of Labor. That happens all the time. So I helped them resolve it. We took legal action against the Ministry of Labor. But the point is this. This happens every day. This exact scenario that I just outlined happens daily and usually many times a day. So please, if you're listening to us, understand this, internalize this. You cannot and should not go to the Ministry of Labor if you lose your job. As simple as that. Uh, I understand you recently had a call from another person that got bad advice from the ministry. Tell me about it. Yeah, you know, this touched on, on a temporary layoff situation. Yeah. He was laid off temporarily, and he called the Ministry of Labor saying, can they do this, and, this, and is this legal? And they told him, yeah, it is legal. They can do that, and they can lay you off for, for up to 35 weeks. So he sat at home. I didn't do anything, but heard my show when I said that, no, they can't do this. And he called me. Well, again, this is uh, another situation where the Ministry of Labor does end up uh, up misleading people. Now, under the Employment Standards Act, a company does have a right to lay you off temporarily, but our courts have limited that. And they've said, no, they really can't unless there's past practice or there's an employment agreement that gives them that power. So the Ministry of Labor only told him a portion of uh, told him a portion of the reality, and if he hadn't called me, and he would have compromised his rights and and ultimately walked away from his entitlements. So again, temporary layoffs, same situation. You cannot call the Ministry of Labor for advice. Nothing to do with the status of your employment or your employment security. Can you go to the Ministry of Labor uh, and discuss with them? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number. Call Lior. Don't call the Ministry. Call Lior. Get a hold of his people at that number. Help at employmenthour dot com if you want to email. And if you haven't used it yet, at least just to, to try it out for giggles. That is severancepaycalculator dot com. Find out what your severance should be. Lots more employment hour is on the way. Short break here. Global News Radio. 
1-855-821-5900 is the number help at employmenthour.com through email and it is a wonderful tool half a million people can't be wrong severancepaycalculator.com find out what your severance should be the proper number it takes about 30 seconds to use this thing on your tablet your desktop your phone doesn't matter it's a wide open application so have a look at that it's free and you can walk away anonymous or there's a uh, there's a button at the bottom you can contact the firm and carry on from there, which I'm sure you will, because there's lots of information to be had beyond what you see on that calculator. We are talking about mystery labor, and the mystery labor strikes again. Dun, dun, dun. We need some intro music for this one day. I swear, one day we're going to do it. Uh, so once and for all, set the record straight. What do people need to know and what they are not told by the ministry? So what you need to know when it comes to losing your job, is, as I've said before, and our regular listeners know, is that your your minimum entitlements, which is the whole one week per year of service, are just that. They're minimums. And every employee is entitled to much more based on their age, their position, and length of employment. How much more? Well, again, every case is different. But for some people, they may be owed three months per year or six months per year. Some people may be owed a month per year. Again, it depends on those three factors. But you're owed a lot more. And when you call the Ministry of Labor, you'll find out about the one week per year, not find out about anything else. So you need to understand that. You need to to internalize this and and remember that your minimum entitlements are a portion of your full entitlements. They're not all of it. Uh, And that's why the calculator is important, severancepaycalculator.com. That's why this show is important, to to educate people and inform them. Uh, So, again, if you know someone that lost their job, even if it's not you, it's someone else, Tell them to do the right thing. Tell them to get advice, and tell them to stay far, far, far away mm-hmm. from the Ministry of Labor. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number you should be calling. It is help at employmenthour dot com. So, Lior, where can people go instead to get accurate information? That's called a leading question. What do you think? <laughs> really? I, I can Look, guess where. <laughs> <laughs> can Can I think about that for a while? Get back to you on it. <laughs> Next show. Yeah, yeah. Call me. Email yeah. me. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Go on Google and look for another employment lawyer if you have to. Sure. But just just do any of those things. All of them are far better than going to the Ministry of Labor. If someone did get bad advice from the ministry or maybe open a claim or a file, what can they do? You know, call me. We should talk about it privately. We could see if we can get you out of it or if there's other recourse. Uh, but in most situations, if you got that bad advice, you accepted a severance package, you may be stuck. You may not be able to do much about it. But before you give up, let's talk. Let me see if I can come up with something creative. Uh, but, you know, it would be best to avoid that problem altogether and just not contact the Ministry of Labor. The flip side is when should they or when can they contact the Ministry of Labor? Well, I've been hard on the Ministry of Labor, and I told you when not to contact them, but it does perform an important function still, and there are situations where you should and absolutely uh, need to go to the Ministry of Labor. An example may be overtime issues. You didn't get paid your overtime, or you're not sure if the company's calculating overtime correctly. Yes, please, do go to the Ministry of Labor. If your vacation pay has not been calculated, or the company didn't let you take vacation when you were supposed to, again, go to the Ministry of Labor. If there's a statutory holiday pay issue, a minimum wage issue, absolutely, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. Usually when we're talking about monies owing to you, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. If we're talking about your employment status, whether you're a contractor or an employee, whether you're uh, let go and owed severance, if it's a constructive dismissal, for those issues, John, you should not go to the Ministry of Labor. Other other issues, yes, you can and you should. In the meantime, Lior's number to get a hold of him at the firm or uh, one of his staff, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. That is the email address. Martin says, "I'm an employer." 
I have an employee that is consistently late. I warned him many times about this. I decided to let him go for cause, but uh, before I was able to do that, he went on disability leave. What am I do? Yeah, well, you know, if you can show, Martin, that you were going to terminate his employment uh, before you went on leave, you can show that that decision was taken place before, then you can go ahead and terminate. Now, if you cannot show that, you you got to be careful here with terminating employment. You have to be careful mainly because you don't want it to look like you terminated him because he went on leave. So you may want to bring him back, give him one last chance, and then decide to terminate. So the key here is you cannot let someone go because they're on leave. You can let them go if on if, while they're on leave if the reason has nothing to do with the leave. But you want to be very, very careful. And the other thing I'll say here to, to Martin is you you got to think about whether or not, in fact, you have cause to let him go. How many times has he been late? You said you've warned him. Is it verbally? Is it in writing? Can you prove it? Uh, how late was he? Is he five minutes late or is he five hours late? Context here is important. It's very difficult to terminate someone for cause. It's not enough to show that the employee did something wrong or a few things wrong. So you want to you know, make sure you have your I's, dotted and T's crossed. You may want to talk to me first. But if you do have those, uh, those uh, things in place and if you can show that the decision was made before uh, he went on leave, then, yeah, you can go ahead and, and do what you need to do. An example, if they're, if Martin's part of a, uh, a whole group of work that are being like oh, a department, for instance, is, is that okay? Yeah, it, certainly. An employer uh, can still run its business. It's right. not prevented from running its business just because an employee is on a, on a medical leave. So an example, as you just said, is you know we're shutting down the department. We're letting go everyone in the department, including the employee that's on a medical leave of absence. Now, in that situation, obviously, if everyone is being let go, then the employer is not picking on the employee on a medical leave. So that's legal. But remember, just because you're on a medical leave of absence and you're let go because of reasons that have nothing to do with you doesn't mean you don't get severance. In fact, you get severance, you may get even more severance because it's going to take you longer to find another job. So just because you're sick, just because you're on a medical leave does not deprive you of severance. In fact, the opposite is true. And they should always, you know, if any discrepancy or they're not sure, just give you a call as always, right? That should clear it up. That, that is a simple, that's always the rule. And, yeah. and you do that even if you don't think you have any entitlements because there's no bad questions. And if I tell you, here's why in this situation you don't have other entitlements, I'll also tell you, here's when you would have entitlements. And then you know if something happens. So I'm always happy to talk. It's not a bother. I'll, I'll, I'll never make fun of someone because they, they don't know what they're owed. Uh, most people don't, and it's my job to inform them. So don't hesitate. Pick up the phone. Send an email. Uh, go to the severance calculator and contact me that way, that way if you want. Uh, I try to make it as easy as possible for people to reach me. Brilliant for another week, my friend. The phone number as we uh, get out of here, one 821 5900 That email again, help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it just to try it out, make it a home game, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly how much severance you should be owed. If you're looking at an offer in front of you, you definitely need it. If you just want to know for curiosity's sake, if you ever got let go, how much would it be? You can use it there as well, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.